guys, it's Matt Kenyon here. I'm the host of the Composer Code podcast. Congrats on the 400th episode. I don't know anybody in this space that's more consistent um, and more uh, steadfast when it comes to a release schedule than you guys. Um, so well done. Uh, thank you so much for uh, just opening up my world to the world of VGM. I honestly can say I don't think I would have made the music I've made, and I don't think I would have started the podcast uh, if not for you guys. Hey, Carl, Will, even Marty, this is the messenger from the Messenger Presents a VGM Journey. I just want to say congratulations, guys, on 400 episodes. I've been a longtime fan, and I loved your guys' stuff, you know, since the beginning. And I hope you guys do another 400 episodes. So, once again, congratulations, guys. Super Marcado Brothers, this is XVGM Radio, your friendly neighborhood podcast brothers. We're here to wish you a happy 400th episode. 400? That's That's more than a year's I am old. That that is true. (laughs) Yeah, from XVGM Radio, congratulations on 400 episodes, and we look forward to 400 more. Absolutely. You now are locked in. You have to do it. Congrats, guys. Hey, what's happening, everybody? You're listening to episode 400 of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Wow. And once again, this is a video episode. So exciting. We're coming at you. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Marty. Hi, Will. Yeah, this is exciting. And not only is our brother Marty here to join Carl and I today on this special episode, uh, but we just couldn't contain the fun, so we had to invite three other Mercado VIPs, three of our Indeed. bestest, bestest, closest Ooh. buddies. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? I think this is going to be chaos. Let's start with Carlos. <laughs> Hello. I'll be uh, a host. Thank you for having me. Um, I am a Marcado fan, and somehow I weaseled my way into the fam. He went from into a fan the to the fam. Well, and he's so comfortable in front of the camera. The camera just loves him. <laughs> we also have oh, yeah, we'll see about Stephen that. Kelly. Stephen, say hi. Oh, hello there. The, the brothers unite once again. This is so fun. And as well as his brother, Brian Kelly. What's up, Brian? Hello. Good to be back. This is kind of unprecedented. We've done video episodes every 100, every century on our right. podcast, but we've never <laughs> done... Because that's how long it takes them to render on Adobe Premiere. Right. And we have <laughs> we have done uh, guest episodes before, but we've never done a guest video episode. And I think this is the most guests we've ever had on one episode. Yeah, we'll Six see total if it works. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a total disaster. You this guys is going to be really fun. You guys all remember to unscrew the lens caps, right? <laughs> <laughs> so bear with us if there are any technical difficulties. This is going to be a loosey-goosey episode. <laughs> it's kind of a celebration. I honestly can't believe that this is the 400th episode. Yeah, it's it's insane. You know, really what this whole production is is just magfest practice right like we just yeah, couldn't exactly. wait those extra oh, couple so of weeks true. magfest but we're not allowed to move at all or we're we get outside of the frame uh, yeah one thing I, I mean to i'm having to be super careful because my head is like perfectly in front of the the light mm-hmm. behind me so if yeah. i move too much the lighting on my entire shot gets 
thrown off, so I'm having yeah, to like stay you are, perfectly you are the still. image of you are the image of Christ in time. <laughs> my for, shot. For I would Christmas. just like to say my shot is perfect. Viewers at home can see my amiibo collection to the side, nice. my Star well, also, Wars collection somewhere. Viewers up there. at That's home, uh, we're inside Carl and Josepha's beautiful basement in their home, the music in, studio is uh, like St. Paul, it. Minnesota. Uh, area code five five. No, no, I'm not going to give you. <laughs> Do you guys like the Mario <laughs> tapestry? I think it's cool. Um, I thought that was really I fitting. We have this nice little nook which fit these two red chairs perfectly. And Dude, the next thing you got to do is get tapestries. <laughs> get a tapestry that has our like Mario-ish logo. Yeah, on it. I was thinking That's of that. Um, so, so okay, I guess the first thing on the docket here today is I thought it'd be fun for all of us to kind of reminisce about our first podcast memories. We can talk about our first Mercado Bros podcast memories, but also, you know, with with Carlos and the Kellys, I'm curious about some of your memories too. Maybe like, when did mm. you guys first hear about us and how did we all mm. meet and all that kind of fun stuff? Okay, Ooh. okay. Can I actually start with this one? Because I weirdly yeah. have an extremely vivid memory of the first time I ever saw your show. This is oh, more wow. proof that you are a robot. You've been constructed <laughs> by alien intelligence. <laughs> Bring us well, back. You know, it's not actually that far off because it had to do with Google. Uh, we were working on our brand new music podcast called Train Station at 8 back in like 2014. Good and, time. Which um, I miss greatly. And, and I wanted to know about other people who were doing the same thing. So I just... I think it was might have been Twitter, actually, not Google. I just searched for like video game music podcasts, and you guys were pretty much the first result. Um, wow, that's really and surprising. I remember <laughs> taking a screenshot of it to show Brian. He forgot to I'm mention like, he was using Bing, so that's why we were the first. <laughs> He's using Ask well, Jeeves. I, I, yeah, yes, I asked my old friend Jeeves. He we paid a lot for SEO on Jeeves. <laughs> Yeah, you guys had the SEO unlock if you were popping up so quickly. That's awesome. It's true. And uh, imagine my deep surprise when I found that not only did we find other people doing video game music podcasts, but it was a pair of brothers doing video game music podcasts. <laughs> what it are the seems, odds? You stole it, our shtick. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys are so much like friendlier and nicer, and you get along way better than Carl and I. So, <laughs> but but you've outlasted us. We haven't podcasted. Yeah, I think we didn't have the to, dramatic tension. That's you know, all that matters. It's not about. To Toot, quantity <laughs> not to toot our own horns but let's toot our own horn no um i bit i'm pretty sure we're the longest running vgm podcast now with 400 mm. episodes oh, snap. that's crazy um, nice. i'm pretty sure we've been the longest episodes. running for a while too but yeah that's pretty I mean, there are other people crazy. it's like emily reese has been doing a different some podcast form of yeah. Yeah. Music, yeah. you know and I'm legacy Empire. music hour we're only behind joe rogan and all of podcasts <laughs> <laughs> no yeah we're not in like the thousand territory but yeah it's almost coming up on eight joe? years he's our last guest yeah <laughs> no he would never do somebody well else's let's start podcast. let's start with marty i'm curious now marty uh do you remember from your perspective hearing that Will and I started this crazy project and what were, what are some of your early Mercado Bros memories? Yeah, I sort of feel like beta fan number 1 uh which is a great a great honor. I remember being in the living room at our parents' house and I want to say it was like an offhand comment that that you guys shared. Oh yeah, we're actually we've been talking about doing a podcast. And at that point, did you in not time, believe it? <laughs> no, I totally believed it. And I thought it was a terrific idea and that you were the best two guys to host a podcast on the subject. Honestly, I was, I was really excited because I think all of us were getting into maybe that, maybe you'd call that the first wave of podcast mm -hmm. or kind of the beginning of the podcast boom. It was um, wide open back then. Right. And yeah, I was just looking forward to hearing this podcast that covered 
the music that I love. Well, we were such like have, also to have you guys kids. in my ears and yeah. um I don't know. I was just was kind of ecstatic weird, listening like, to the first few episodes. Because I got so used to recording podcasts and listening to like my brother's audio every week and like but like I imagine if you weren't you, was it weird like the first time like hearing us on a pot like or was it just did it seem natural? I mean to, to me it felt like it felt like home, it felt safe, it felt like mm-hmm. family. Um I had no way of knowing really how how wide the net was at that point, uh, right. how many other listeners there were, but I was imagining that um you know there were people tuning into it and well I the interesting thing if you that, do yeah. any kind of continued and i'm sure you guys have noticed this too carlos with heroes three and uh, mm. steven and brian with uh, not just the various podcasts you've worked on but any of your projects is that i find the way that your perception of time works it changes where at the beginning it, the first few doing one doing two doing three is such mm. an accomplishment that to me the first it 10 episodes of our podcast smaller, yeah. yeah were like that could have been a year mm-hmm. in my memory sure. where then like the next 200 mm-hmm. you know it, it's so strange like the last 100 episodes went by in a blink the 100 before that were kind of fast too it's almost right. like life and getting older in a yeah. way too carlos i'm yeah. curious uh, can you remind me how did you first find the Mercado Bros? And then I would also like to talk a little bit about you know some of our more recent uh, collaboration, maybe. Yeah, so um, I am almost one hundred percent positive that I was checking the VGMDB forum. So uh, <laughs> Carl, I think, was posting every time an episode would come out. Yeah, um, for a while. I, yeah, I didn't keep like, that up very long. Mm, but I'm like, oh, wow, just long enough. Imagine out. if you hadn't done that. We never would have met Carlos. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm, I'm sure so eventually he would have started listening because he chill. listens to like every video game music podcast. And what but... a cool forum to be at. Like, of course, you were on the VGMDB forums, like the coolest yeah, resource Historic. for VGM info. Historic. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like each each album has its own thread. And I usually will like dig around in there. But I never actually would like just go just to the forum just to look at all the stuff that's been posted and um yeah that's i i feel like i would have found you guys somehow yeah eventually <laughs> i think this is sort of a predestined sort of situation well, someday no, you yeah, would have found us like when you'd be like look at that amazing artwork for their albums it well, seems that, like something that, i would make that brings me to my question <laughs> is does does anybody here remember the first time we ever collaborated with carlos how did that happen and what was it? I mean, wasn't oh. it? It started with Heroes 3 probably when he started doing the artwork for that, wasn't it? Did, did, you guys he, do ever, that did he ever appear on the Mercado Bros episodes before that? I thought that you had hmm. been on the Mercado Bros podcast before we started no, Heroes we 3. But we didn't have him my... on the show for like a long time. Yeah. But he yeah, would, he, you helped. Kind of haunting you yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah. You would suggest awesome tracks. He was an infamous character. come up with like playlists show. and stuff. If you guys go back, one really fun thing. If you go back to the beginning of the podcast, you'll hear pretty quickly, you'll, you'll hear Carlos, like the name yeah. mentioned. <laughs> He, and well, in one of the of like in a, one of the scrubbing down memory lanes that I did, uh, I had a whole bit about all oh, the mentions on Carlos. That was the first one <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah. Maybe I was like maybe Jeez. the second or third mm-hmm. one, but he just I yeah, know maybe that it took a couple years. Carlos, I know you're really you don't like when you get mentioned all the time. I mean, so then I we would no, start to do fine. it on purpose. It's, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel funny. kind of like uh, Carlos was like the home improvement neighbor of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Always imagine that he comes forward and he's like dashingly handsome and becomes almost like the weed of the show. Well, he's almost. Almost like Robin Williams, you know, where like he should get oh, his yeah. own spinoff. Yeah, Mork it becomes and Mork and Mindy. So that's what Heroes I, 3 is, maybe. 
yeah um i and yeah i've i found all of your guys content separately like steven <laughs> and brian like mm. um i forget how i found train station at eight but um it was really cool seeing i and also matthew's content Major he was Third. looking for yeah. train train tickets and that was the first results that popped up for eight o'clock <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's um, so interesting, Carl. So independently, you found Mercado, Train Station at 8, and Major Third content. And it was so awesome for that's me to awesome. see you guys kind of start to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like Marvel I mean, movies. Worlds collide. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely yeah. like Marvel. Which I love. <laughs> so that I have oh, to yeah, immediately okay. cut Marty off uh-huh. there. Um, so, Brian, we can't forget about you. What, what about you? What are some of your early memories? Well, my early memory was when Stephen came to me and said, sent me a screenshot of your artwork and said, this is weird. There are other brothers doing a video game music podcast. But I do remember the first episode I listened to. It was uh, Super Mario 3D World. Oh. Um, and I remember listening Man, to that. It was that, that like, late in the game that we met? Because that, that wasn't that feels as like late. That game, wasn't but... as late as you might think. Because yeah. Yeah. when we, like our first Nintendo month was the launch of the Wii U. Yep. Oh, my God. You yeah. got it. And yeah, so I remember listening talking to about it and just being like, does, these uh, people know a lot about music. Does anyone know what episode that was? What oh, number? Gosh. One of our <laughs> diehard fans will have to memories. figure that out. Uh, I'm going to yeah. just place a bet like episode Let's place 132 or something. Ooh, I think it was pretty early. I think it was maybe high 100s, maybe 174. Mm. No, 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 178. I think we were no, rolling with the Kellys before that. Cuz didn't you say the the so the first Nintendo mm. month was a year or more into the podcast? Uh, maybe it was Maybe it was seventy nine. Actually, this is our first yeah, actually, it was before no, no, because I remember doing the <laughs> montage no for our one hundredth episode, and there was a bit on there where I played an excerpt. Well, it's welcome Stephen and Brian Kelly from Wales oh, Wales wow. oh. and they said, "Oh, I can't believe I got to hear the intro of a Mercado Brothers episode." It's like I'm backstage. Like, I remember using that little soundbite oh, in the that. montage. That's interesting. So it must have been like episode like seventy or eighty mm-hmm. or something. I don't know what no, it was. I think it was we'll have to that go late. back and check that out uh so it turns out i'm the podcast biggest fan sadly. but it's, <laughs> it's funny in, in a in a i think in most ways it really feels like all of our bonds and also this this goes for um like our missing brothers like matthew and alex and missing others in like our magfest family it, it it really does feel like that kind of relationship it's like it is yeah. like a family and I, I, I have difficult literal brothers. I'm like, I, who are these people? I don't. I have them. difficulty remembering the origins of that the same way I would with like, oh yeah, do do I remember the first time meeting my cousin yeah. or my aunt? Yeah. It's like no, right. it's like yeah. this. This runs so deep that I yeah. don't. I almost can't conceive of it as these like a weight addition to my yeah. life. <laughs> so it's I such think, an addition. I think now is a great time to move on to our next little segment. We're gonna we're gonna do here. We're gonna split it up. All of us today uh, were tasked to bring in a secret special VGM track that no one else knows what it is. And so that person is going to kind of announce what it is and play it. And we're all going to have fun listening to it. We'll do the first half of that. So I'm going to start things off with my special VGM tune. And obviously, I was very uh, kind of vague when I told you guys to to bring in a special track. Sure. I didn't tell you, does it have to be nostalgic? Does it have to be have a special memory? Is it like something old, new? So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how different it is. What I wanted to do, I wanted to think about what was one of the first scores while we were doing the podcast that really wowed me, that became mm. a classic that we have never played. Because one of the, my favorite mm. things about our podcast is celebrating music that is classic to us 
from games we have never played. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the first uh, that I can think of. This is from Rudra no Hiho. Oh, wow. By the wonderful Ryuji Sasai. This is a tune called Echoes. And I also have a very strong memory of this because I remember in my old, old apartment, which is the original Mercado Bros HQ. Dude, I almost sitting, picked this track. <laughs> sitting in my living room on my couch and Will was on the chair and I played this for you and you were like, oh my God, this is like the most gorgeous thing I've like, ever heard. I remember thinking it sounds like Lawrence of Arabia and then I almost remember thinking Marty's going to love it. Marty's going to love it. It's so, so funny you <laughs> mentioned that because I, I remember exactly where I was when this came up on that episode. Um, and I just stopped in my tracks. I was just That's stunned. amazing. It's well, let's all take a listen to Echoes from Rudra Nohiho, which is my special tune. So good. Yeah, this this bridge section actually always reminded me of Goldeneye. I don't know why. There's like a statues. There's something about the snare sound. The marching snare and the crappy brass. Um, But yeah, this I I think the first score of this type where we had never played the game, but we were like blown away by it was probably UN Squadron, Episode Five or whatever our arcade, our terrible first arcade games episode. I'm pretty sure that was yeah. a track on that. How eclectic. This brings um, up an, kind also of an... Also, we did our first Ease episode. It's mm, like episode yes. nine or something. Yeah. I actually think it's an interesting kind of running theme throughout your show is how you cover music from games that you haven't played and that there isn't really an, any kind of intention to, to play the games, really. <laughs> the goal of the show is yeah. specifically a music analysis. That is so true. And I'm curious... I um, think that sets us apart a little bit. Yeah, what I'm curious maybe uh yeah, we have contempt what, for what video y- games. y'all's <laughs> response was to kind of that aspect of the show because i imagine yeah you that, that might have been maybe surprising for or like annoying if we're, there's a game that's beloved that we've never known like oh i wonder if this is a from the water stage or something yeah what was that like guys? shouting at the well somebody else should feel that one because you guys were cutting out and hadn't hear the question oh i got <laughs> it um yeah i i agree with you guys i think you know, we're here to celebrate video game music, and really, if you want to consume as much as you can, there's so much out there that you're not going to be able to know the context for every game. And I yeah. think that your strengths on this show are uh, coming from the musical side of things. And uh, anybody that's listening that wants to get that out of the show is rewarded over and yeah. over and over. So I also think uh, yeah. sometimes it's the guesswork can be fun because as someone, if you're like a fan of a soundtrack, it would be fun to hear what would someone think this is scoring yeah. if they've never actually seen the game, but People still enjoy, genuinely like, care about the music. And you guys are, you know, you know video game music really well. So sometimes your guesses are like spot on and that's really fun to see. Yeah, I've heard comments over the years. People enjoy when we get things right just kind of by accident. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Carlos, <laughs> let's bring it back to you. Uh, it's time for your special track. So what do you, what did you bring in today? Okay, so um, I was thinking about uh, what I should do here, and really, I just kind of stuck to my guns, and I feel like um, my relationship with you guys on the show has really been about 
sharing a lot of the music that I love and I want you know people to hear this stuff and maybe they'll find something new so um I'm doing the same here I'm not kind of reaching into nostalgia or anything mm-hmm. but um I just wanted to bring some jams for you guys so All right. today uh my pick is actually from the band Blind Spot who is uh, mm. made up of the a uh, lot of members that were the Sega Sound team yeah. that did like some amazing work uh, for Sega games in the arcades in the 90s. And uh, this track is called Hyper City, and it's an arrangement from uh, like a a fighter jet game called um, Strike Fighter. And it's it's awesome. (laughs) So uh, yeah, please, please enjoy this track called Hyper City by Blindspot. Okay, I want to fade and talk here. This is so groovy. I was hooked till immediately, and then when that guitar hook, yeah, proper hook came in, oh, dude, this is so too good. good. Oh my gosh, this is the best week ever. We're already surrounded by all this beautiful Christmas music, and now like <laughs> the greatest like J Fusion meets VGM. To be like, honest, I wish VGM Christmas composer. music all sounded like this. Yeah, I know this is, has nothing to do with it, but. Yeah, amazing choice, Carlos. Thank you for sharing this. And also, with us. I, I think, um, yeah. like we were saying, as soon as the track started playing, it just it represents you, man. Yeah, yeah. totally. And does. what we love about you, um, mm-hmm. and that's Thanks. that's maybe one of the greatest gifts of of music. Honestly, is how it can reflect uh, something so deep inside right. of us, yeah. or something. Uh, so complicated as like personality or character. That's a good point, but Martin. yeah, it can be yeah. so. I, I think immediate. we focus a lot about the personality of a composer and what of themselves they can put into a track. But you bring up a really good point that I think one of the reasons why so many people enjoy listening to music and talking about music is they can find and develop their own sense of identity through other music and the music that they enjoy and that they want to celebrate. And I mean, I think that gets back to the origins of doing not just this podcast, but anyone that does a podcast or some sort of analysis on the music that they love on some level that they there's something in that music that they identify with and that they want to share. So. And Thank you know, you for, for, for this with us, part dude. of part of Carlos's legacy has been like appearing on our on our various music podcasts and submitting right. his favorite tracks. <laughs> yeah. Back in the Train Station <laughs> and Eight Days, and on the Overclocked uh, Remix podcast as well, there's like a signature Carlos sound that you oh, look yeah, forward yeah. to every. This one has like, a yeah, it's like always the best track. You know, it, I always yes. think of that every new album that I make. I always think about Carlos when I'm doing something fusion. Me too. Uh-huh. Me too. Is yeah. this going to pass the Carlos test? And yeah, it's always it like vividly colorful, right? right. And yeah, yeah. Um, like are there enough slash <laughs> just chords like uplifting and, cool and it's like yep. animated yeah, with all fusion. this energy? Well, yeah. let's let's now go to Steven's uh, <laughs> secret mm. song. Caught me wrapping nice drinking some water. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> all right. I hope you got that on video. Say cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's all on video. I'm very nervous. Okay, so the track that I decided to bring is 
I don't think cheating by your rule set because it is sort of a chiptune-ish video game inspired song, but um, it isn't from it isn't I'm gonna BDM. allow it. It isn't from any game in particular, and I chose this one for a number of reasons. Um, you guys know Big Giant Circles or or, or Jimmy? Oh Henson? yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was uh, um, really involved in OCR back in the day, and the first OCR song I ever heard. Um, was from him. It was a Sonic 3 remix, I think. Because remixes are so good. Yeah. And uh, he kind of, throughout time, has branched into his own original work. And there is one song that had this special quality on on his um, album called The Glory Days Mm. that was nostalgic to me before I had heard it. Like We played a track from it on the podcast, I want to say. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I teared up like the first listen. Wow. I don't know what it is about the song, but I always said to myself, I want to use this in a video someday. Um, and mm. I never had a chance to have anywhere to put it because I don't really make videos, but I'm like, I just feel like this is perfect for some sort of emotional montage. And so what I did is on one of the MAGFests, I think it was for yeah. 2017, I put mm-hmm. together this little video. Um, from all this footage I captured from the hallways and the concerts oh, and us talking mm. at our tables. And I nice. put the chiptune legacy behind mm. it. And it 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 is now solidified as one of my favorite memories of all time. And hearing oh, that's amazing, two, that's two, two seconds of this brings me right back to it. So yeah. this is Big Giant Circles, the chiptune legacy. I see, Stephen, why this oh, makes man, you emotional because there's a nostalgic <laughs> quality to this music. Yes. Well, and in the same way that Marty brought up how Carlos's track is emblematic of his spirit and his personality, this yeah. is so emblematic of yours, Stephen. I Steven. agree. Like, Absolutely. The, there's yeah. like a sweetness and a kindness and a warmth to this music that reminds me. But also of something. You. There's also such depth to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this, oh, is, well, this is and a wisdom, beautiful. a wisdom, and you know, chiseled <laughs> cheekbones and beautifully coiffed yeah. hair. Oh, sorry, I'm projecting. <laughs> I thought you guys didn't have video feed. What's going on? <laughs> we do have an image though that we're just looking at. <laughs> yeah, and and oh, yeah. I, I also so was just connecting more and more dots with the song. I went back to the first train station at eight episode, um, and mm. I brought this song up specifically. Oh, because wow. I had li- been listening to it because it just came out. And I'm like, mm. oh my gosh, oh, that wow. was back in really 2014. Cool. Wow, so so speaking of legacy, this really has yeah. played an important role in your it's life. It's a good song. That's yeah. amazing. Well, we're yeah. going to do the the other three. We're going to split it up and do the other three secret tracks later on in the episode. Right now, what I thought we would do, and in order to move this along, uh, we are going to have to try to keep this fairly brief. So no Star Wars questions or Marvel questions. Um, <laughs> but uh, we thought we'd open it up to questions from our guests. So why don't we start with, start with Brian? 
All right. So what's better, Star Wars or Marvel? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So so my question, it's an interesting one to have first because I I feel like this has come up before, but it was something I was curious about recently. Now that you guys are at 400 episodes, what's your plan for the future of the podcast or do you have any? Like, do you have an end in sight? Do you have anything you see changing or just keeps going? uh, Yeah, this is the last one. You go, Carl. Okay, anyway, so the next segment we're going to do, no, we've talked about it. Uh, There's not a specific number, but we've both decided that as long as we still are enjoying it and feeling like we're doing a good job with it, um, and also as long as it seems like people are still actively wanting it and engaging right. with mm-hmm. us and, and being entertained by it. Um, yeah. I think when there's a natural point in one of our lives, when it becomes impossible to do, it will yeah. present itself to be the end, but it hasn't mm-hmm. happened. Well, one thing that's been great is the routine has gotten to the point where we're able to fit it in our lives really easily. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and also nice. I, I feel like there's different things things our podcast has evolved over the years not just in terms of the show but our interaction with listeners has changed Mm -hmm. yeah and so that gives me a sense of like more longevity like Mm -hmm. the discord community and everything that to me was a real game changer in terms of how we engaged with people where yeah i can't imagine for a long time it was just that. facebook and twitter and emails and stuff and that was always mm-hmm. nice but so that that's been a really cool thing i think i would want to end the show when our listenership starts getting like going down when it seems like it's people actually guys interested. this is a fun fact for you uh we've never talked about this but it is still going up every single week definitely every month Wow. Every wow. single man, month since awesome. we've started, great, it is higher than the previous. That's crazy. Um, that's really cool. We haven't we haven't peaked yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I think this is a great question about podcast endings, and it really speaks to a larger question that um, I think a lot of folks in the podcast space will have to start uh, grappling with. Um, we're still in the early days of right. Do these ever art end? form? And yeah. yeah. Do they end? Yeah. What does it look like? Mm-hmm. And well, I guess I the, think from the beginning, uh, we've tried to model podcasts after existing formats, so radio shows um, mm-hmm. or some kind of other episodic media or something. Um, but it's clear, at least it, uh, I think it's clear to most of us that it's its own beast. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, what are, what are still the rules of this thing? And, and even like, what, what are, are the, the like aesthetic properties of, of this thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, um, it's, it's going to be really fascinating really to see, I mean, I, to I see think what it, happens. We're always going to, as long as video games exist and as long as we're still somewhat engaging with it, we're always going to have opinions and want to discuss music. I could see the podcast ending though, due to things in our lives mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. maybe we feel like we've accomplished everything we want to accomplish. I mean, I, I definitely, see... neither of us are very plugged into like a lot of current games. And I think mm-hmm. we've been doing, and that's been the case since we started the show, but yeah. now stuff that came out in 2012 is almost getting to the point where that's going to, start being almost in the retro or old games category kind of like how oldies once that happens we start to become like occupationally underqualified to do (laughs) yeah i I could see a lot of things another thing i could see is if we stopped doing this format of the podcast but every once in a while we hosted some sort of thing on youtube some sort of stream where we did a special like live kind of hangout or something once in a while there's a lot of things i could foresee um but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we're still having a blast with it and like i said our listenership is going up every month and the engagement is going up all the time and so we're still having a great time 
let's let's take a question from caller uh, Carlos. Are you on the line, Carlos? Uh, yeah, uh, first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> first time baller. Long time, long time caller. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. My question to you guys is: All right, you're all musicians, and you've been doing this podcast for 400 episodes now. Why has there never been a theme song for the Marcado Bros? That is a wonderful question. Oh, wow. We talked about it early on. Um, <laughs> one of the podcasts that got us really excited that there was even the possibility of doing a video game music podcast, let alone a podcast you know, in general, was Legacy Music Hour. And they have clearly one song that they play every episode right. to, to mm. start the show off. We thought that was really cool, but we honestly just couldn't decide. And I remember the first episode we did a play-in was that arcade games, and it was an we NES did. Ninja yeah, Turtles track. Yeah, it was track. the Ninja Turtle. Um, yeah. And that was oh, so yeah. fun. But then when we did the next episode, it was like, oh, but this would be really cool to play in. Oh, right. but th- this would be really cool to play well, in. Well, yeah, I think and we the play-in is a nice sort of aesthetic. It, 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 it allows us to kind of like through the music introduce the world that you're going to experience in the track yeah, we it also really gives like carl Gen a Center. chance to we usually choose a play in track that's one that we like but not one that we need to say something about mm-hmm. but is indicative of the overall sound yeah the guy and yeah. that's a, i love that question because we've never talked about this too we really uh are serious about you know the tracks that we pick for plans we take right. it seriously and we have lots of arguments about like what spend, track should be we spend a long time so. deciding what's going to be the plan and and really what i love the thought of is someone going on their phone and clicking an episode and immediately being whisked away to the, whatever that world is right you know yeah. if it's mario 3d yeah, world yeah. we wanted to convey that kind of jazzy fun vibe if it's uh you know a tim fallen episode we want something it's in your face and shredding. So we do spend a long time picking that. We just had too much fun. The fact that every episode could have a different plan. I don't think we'll ever change that. Carl and I did a short term like YouTube series. We only made like two episodes of it called Inside the Castle Walls. We did write a little. That was rough. We did write a little theme song for that. That I want to find that again because I think that was actually kind of a cool little song. I don't think I ever shared this with you because ultimately I... I kind of decided that it wasn't really a, a good idea. Um, but I toyed for a second with um, in Ro- having RoboGirl 2 open with a little Sega-like jingle that would be Marcado because mm. mm. uh-huh. ostensibly cool. on Marcado Records. Oh, but even cute. though it's three notes, it sort of felt like, oh, no one Marcado brother, and least of all me, uh, me who's kind of just uh, grandfathered in or <laughs> older brothered, brothered in, in. Um, should write these three notes, and then I thought, like, oh, maybe you could do a jingle, and each one of us writes uh, a different write a note. One note each. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. We actually did that with our "If I Were You" first theme song. We did "If I Were You." So yeah. we did that Sega thing. Okay, yeah. let's try to. If it's somewhat brief, let's take a question from caller Steven. Uh, hey guys, my question is very broad and open-ended, so it's, awesome. uh, you can maybe narrow it down in your own minds, but my question is, from the start of the Mark Bros podcast all the way up to episode 400, um, what is a notable way that you guys think that your relationship to music, or even just your taste in music, has changed? It's a Ooh, great question. This is like a question you got in the Discord. Yeah, I think oh. one thing that I really do... Uh, and yeah, and if we if we cover this question later, we we can try to approach it differently. But um, one thing that I am 
sure about is I think I'm a lot more open-minded with music mm. now than when I started the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's from necessity. Every week I have to listen to so much music and um, it has given me a clear sense of what I'm gravitated towards and what I really like, but also it's, it's helped with my patience because sometimes you have to wait a little bit and, you know, it might not start out really impressive or, or wowing you right away, but there might be something worth it there later mm-hmm. on. Um, and so, yeah, I think maybe a sense of patience and open-mindedness, I think, I've gained from the podcast. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I think it's it's tricky for me because I was so young when we started. I was only 16. So I've <laughs> yeah. grown. Yeah. And I mean, I, relatively speaking, you were my age when we started this. Mm-hmm. So we've both grown, uh, I guess all three of us, a, a great deal since the show has started. Um, so I think I, I've grown and learned a lot outside of the podcast. But I think in terms of what I've grown in my relationship to music from the podcast, it's been so incredibly helpful to have this consistent opportunity every week to not just listen to this collection of music, but to analyze it. And for me to have yeah. to discuss it and analyze it on the fly, it's just given me those hundreds or thousands mm-hmm. of hours of um, that kind of critical listening. And what I notice is when I compared to like some of my peers of the same age, some of them are worlds above me in terms of their musicianship but one thing that i usually have above them is my ear like i can pick out what modes a song is using immediately or i can yeah. pick out like yeah, what it, chord it has changes been like happening a way to go to school kind of some melodic yeah. trait or intervals and all these kinds of things mm-hmm. because i just I exercise that every week and we talk about it. And at first maybe it was something that I had to think a lot more about. Um, but just doing the podcast over the years, I think it really, well, and also you speak with such precision on each of those concepts, which, uh, both of you. And I think that that's, that's really unique. Um, you know, just when looking at like all of our, our peers in music, because this isn't a practice that, we really fall into as much as all musicians love talking about music. Um, we don't have this conceit where we would frame it in this way. Right. And also very few of yeah, uh, I think my if, musician friends have these beautiful radio. If voices I could be like proud of anything in our podcast, it would be like, I <laughs> hope we've influenced at least, I don't want to say a, a generation of musicians, but like a, a group of younger musicians to talk in a more, analytical and specific way about musical concepts theory concepts modes scales pitches chords harmony to discuss things in a in that kind of grammar yeah that would make me really happy um mm-hmm. just because i think that's something that yeah. like you said marty i don't think happens enough yeah. so we're gonna go to just a few uh listener submitted questions and these were given to us um by our discord community and wouldn't you know it that we had the exact same question that I was all ready to go to. And I'm going to read it. this question here. We basically, we just answered it. Um, this question comes from Marilink. <laughs> How has your personal musicianship grown and changed as a result of doing this podcast for so many years, either directly or indirectly? Well, I think basically, you could come at this from another angle. Basically, how has the pod affected you as a musician or composer? Yeah, maybe less as like a, because I like how you guys fielded 
um, the question just now, which is more about um, you out in the world. How do you engage with music? But I think it'd be interesting to talk about it maybe is how it affects your composition or maybe even the yeah. way that oh, you, you play music. I think that's well, what I mean, I think was oh, getting at. It's sort of an elephant in the room for us is like the the exposure to listeners from our podcast has led to so many opportunities for you and I personally writing mm-hmm. music for games. For sure. And I think also the, because our podcast focuses, I'd say so much on, you know, the golden era retro eight and 16 bit era music that musical grammar, if there is such a thing. And that's something we've talked about a lot is the language of video game music is something that's is. had, I mean, it always has had an, an influence on us since we were young, but, but even more has so a very now. acute influence on all of our music. There's something that comes to mind when I think about this question. And yeah, I like Marty, your idea of focusing on the end of, of Marilink's question here. As a composer, what I think I've gained from the podcast, and I would just say Supermercado Brothers in general, because it's not just the podcast, it's the band, it's our homage projects, it's dissecting a lot of great video game music and listening to the individual channels, listening to how a great composer, you know, that maybe dabbles in jazz fusion, like uh, Takanobu Mitsuyoshi, how he will approach jazz voicings when he only has three notes right, on a sure. Genesis. Um, mm. And then how can I apply that to my own playing, my own writing? Right. And so stuff like that has been a great it's way so to go to school, you mentioned honestly. that because I think the, the, for me, it was um, studying a lot of the NES voicings um, mm-hmm. that in the kind of spread voice chord vocabulary right. has had a big influence on me and a lot of my music um, especially yeah. when I'm writing for piano, I, I think I've just become really attracted to that sound of that sort of space. Something about voicing. that sonority yeah, that like almost that sounds sound. right. Yeah. After all that exposure to that. Right. Great well, that was music. good. We were yeah. able to cover it from two sides. Thanks for that question, Marilink. Um, couple more here. Second question. Uh, this comes to us from Patch Pen. I mean, the obvious question would have to be what's track of the decade? I have oh, a clear wow. idea. So so we're we're talking about uh 2011 to 2000 or no 2010 to 2019, right? So 2019 is the last yeah. part of the decade. Uh for me it's got to be strike the earth. I mean that's just so wow. oh, such yeah. a clear obvious Great. like we can just finish the episode. I don't want to hear any other answers. I mean that's that's how much <laughs> That track Ooh, is a is a banger, a good, and we should extend this one to our, the whole. The oh, whole absolutely! Group. Yeah. I I would love to extend this to everybody. Let's just yeah, let's just keep it brief. Yeah. That, that's mine. Will? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if if the question is framed in terms of a piece of music that's come out in this time, if yeah. he means track, though, when we say track of the year on our show, we mean something a piece of music played. That we played in yes, that yes, yes. I so assume he meant I, decade. If, if I were to like, pick my favorite that track that we've ever played on the podcast. And one that I associate just with the podcast, I would say Magical Voice Shower. Yeah, I don't think that's no. what he That's meant. my favorite piece of music mm-hmm. that we played on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, I mean, I guess I, I'm not saying I'm pitting it against like Yoshi's Island and Mario 64, but one that I first heard from doing our podcast mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. anything we played. It's that's possible that would also one. count as track of the decade because I don't remember when that pop and music game came out, but it could have been 2010 I or love that track so much. It's like, everything i love about and if video that game if that track that. um if we're talking about music released in the last decade if that doesn't make the cut what else would you say uh i mean strike the earth and just shovel night strike the earth just because of what it represents for shovel night as a whole um but other than that i mean i 
not to be lame, I would probably just have to pick some sort of Nintendo Mario something like yeah. I don't know. Let's jump. Let's jump over tough. to Carlos for a second. Carlos, what what would you say? This is tough. Uh, um, that's that's pretty tough for me. Um, thinking about it while you guys are talking, um, I'm a huge fan of Yuzo Koshiro's work in the Etrian Odyssey series. Mm, yeah. So I think yeah. Hmm, Etrian Odyssey, I think four has like this track. Ah, oh, man, I I don't I don't know. It's that this this question kills. It's an unfair question. It is a little bit unfair. Um, Does anybody uh, else have a clear answer so before we leave? I don't have like I'm not gonna say this is my favorite track of the last decade, but what popped in my mind is something over the last decade that I loved and fit my taste musically so much is just seeing the collaboration that started happening between T. Lopez and John Senoe, oh, how yes, much yes, music they're yes, creating together. Yes. And they're both, I think they're both better working together than they are working alone. Yeah. And so it's just been really heartwarming to see them like bring in a fan composer and work with the series composer side by side. I don't know of that happening much right. else at all in games. That's, and so that's I such thought, a good point. Yeah. Someone well, who is part of the remix community example, seeing though, like yeah. a remixer taken in under the wing of the company like that was super cool. And so everything right. they've done is great. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the entire Sonic Mania project is sort of... It is kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, like Shovel Knight, yeah. though. I mean, yeah. and that's from the opposite end where Jake yeah. almost like asks Minami Matsumai well, to... before we move on, does anyone else have just a, a one-word answer or two-word answer? Oh, boy. Sure, is... sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to take the other side of Sonic since Brian missed a spot. <laughs> I'm going to say the two words to Moyo Otani because mm. uh, he's someone who started working on the Sonic series, kind of got... He actually, the very first stuff he did was the Knuckles rap from Sonic Adventure 2. Mm. And oh, he's awesome. been given, like... Um, huge spotlights over the series, and he's gotten yeah. better and better. He can just—he's a do great anything. composer. He's I done love some that great guy. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Marty, you got any track in particular from the last ten years? Oh man, it is—it's—it's it's so tough. Uh, I think part <laughs> of it is I still—I don't have it mapped in my brain. I don't have the decade mapped in my brain I don't properly. Either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I did want to move on. So Patchpin did have a. It's kind of a two-parter. Uh, his mm-hmm. his second thing. I really am interested. And let's try to be as quick as we possibly can with this. Which of your brother's pieces most mm-hmm. encapsulates their style? And is their answer the same? Let's start with Will. Okay, Marty. Let's both try to think of what Will composition. You know what? <laughs> I want to say taking flight maybe mm-hmm. yes like when i yeah, think I of will and the and the essence and the spirit of will wow that really surprises I me mean, actually that, yeah i i that's I honestly so that's me. the first I thing that's i thought good, of right now that's so shocks so me. because that piece was like me trying to impersonate john williams that's hilarious <laughs> do you have anything else <laughs> oh yeah the greatest of compliments <laughs> boy i mean there's there's a lot i think i i feel a similar way about uh, another orchestral piece of Will's serendipity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that might be a better answer. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's a lot of the ballads that he's written for that musical we're working on because mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh Will just gosh. has such a heart for that sweet. Speaking simple of melody. which, have you guys yeah, heard? Absolutely. I just sent a demo before we Not started yet. recording. <laughs> okay, Will, you know, Will is our answer off for you? Like, no, what, what I mean, I that that's really honestly very touching to me. I mean, I I, I think I find myself as a composer, someone who's like at least for a long time is always trying to like imitate other things that I like. And maybe it's mm-hmm. only in the last couple years that I feel like comfortable just being myself. Yeah. Um, whatever that may mean. 
Uh, but I think the pieces that I'm the most proud of are the ones where it feels like it's a melody that was almost right. effortless to write, right. where it sounds better than something I would be able to construct inorganically, if that makes well, sense. Well, let's, let's jump to Marty. Uh, uh. Uh, for me, in terms of what I love about Marty, there, I could pick so many tracks. I mean, but for me, if it I'm might, keeping it to a video, yeah, this might be unfair just because it's it's so in my fingers and my bones and everything. But it might be Planet One. I, I think if I had to pick one Marty track that captures, uh, because so it's hard. like so cute. I it, might it, pick the because here's piano the thing about piece, Dear Koji that well, he wrote. That's like, a great choice ago. too. The thing about Planet One is it's like it's so. And don't take this the wrong way, Marty. It's so trying to be really cool. Okay. And trust That's, me, it yeah, is. Yeah, a big part no, of it Marty's is very music cool. Of, like, but it's, cool, it's but so it's adorable too. and cute in ways that I don't know if you were intending. Oh, that's interesting. And so it's cool and groovy and rocking, but it's just like there's a it's like this pure like optimism to it. That's, it's like if Babu right. Frick was a yeah, rock star. Absolutely, yeah. And so for some reason that that just you'll understand that i think also uh jump on in from hello world in Mm. terms of video game music things like that what do you think marty are we off anything melodic and centrally beautiful i mean uh, but if i were gonna it's not for me to say i mean if i were gonna (laughs) capture marty i would probably choose one of his like song songs Um, yeah so maybe something like moon or go together Uh, or way mm -hmm. of the gun or abigail or just one of your songs i think Maybe oh, captures thanks. your. Well, it's voice. funny. I, I'm actually thinking a similar thing with Carl because I'm processing it, and it's like there's so many great Sonic S tracks. There are great <laughs> Carl being the Soul Surgeon tracks, um, great solo Carl tracks. Some songs from High Fire in my head right now, but it's it's funny. In a flash, there's an older song. It's actually a vocal song from. Uh, a band that Carl and I were in together, Underdub, um, which was I think. If there was like one really great song the band had, it was this song it was called "Keep You," <laughs> and um, it's it in the same way that we've been talking about um, these song selections capturing the person's spirit. There's just this uh, energy and exuberance, um, yeah. but it's expressed in just this most appealing, catchy way. Oh, and I think if if it's possible to track that song down and you haven't heard it, but you are familiar with Carl's music, I think you might find that it sort of foreshadows um, a lot of his BGM interests. But I might, for all these answers, I might underlay a little bit of each of the sure. track. Yeah, oh, I, if, I were, nice. I, if I were going to choose a Carl song that gets to his essence, I would also choose a vocal song. Oh, wow. Um, so surprising, guys. B- wow. Because I'm trying to get to your specific essence, and I would choose something from Apartment 4. Mm. Um, which is a band that Carl played in in college, which just has great songs. And one of my favorite things about your songwriting voice is like the grooves and verses would be very familiar to anyone that's heard your video game music. Mm-hmm. But you would always do this thing whenever you write like a song where you're like, well, it's got to have a catchy dancing chorus. <laughs> and that's something that you don't always do in your video game music because yeah. it's just not... Right. It's not the same thing. But if I had my druthers, so that's, that's, that's the thing but I like, like the most. Y- you yeah. have these uh, dancey, catchy, um, and there was this song called uh, Through Your Eyes that mm-hmm. Apartment yeah. 4 did. Yeah. That just, it, it, it's, it's catchy and it's great, but it also has kind of a very specific chord progression quirk that right. just makes right. me think of Carl. But again, for both of you guys, I could pick like hundreds of, uh, no, literally hundreds of it. tracks that I feel like 
well, I think well, I think spirit. that's the cool thing is I, th- um, hopefully the phenomenon we're talking about uh, about a inner personality coming through the music mm-hmm. is something that happens, um, maybe even every time. Yeah, with, yeah. with a great composer, we can only and, hope. Well, yeah. guys, for time, and I think we're going to have composers. to move on. We had some other ones picked. Um, maybe mm-hmm. in our uh, next couple episodes, we can we can hit some of those. So yeah. sorry, sorry everyone. Idea. We just got to move on for time. It's now time to play name that tune. I'm so excited! All right. I created so now we have also some legit competition. Yeah, this is the first time doing it with a group. I know Carlos said he was so excited when he saw this playlist. So I created yes. another one of these. We do it in a very interesting way. Uh, Marty's coughing right now, and uh, he's trying to conceal it, but it's it's a live video. You're not so, helping. You know, it's just gonna happen. Um, so we do it differently in Marcado Bros. Uh, you guys know how this works, right? Everyone knows how this works. Basically, we start off with hint number one, and it's going to be one soloed channel of a of a VGM track. And if you guys don't get it, whoever, whoever you know, if someone doesn't get it, we move on to hint two, yeah. which is a different one. And 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 then eventually, if no one gets it, we'll give you the let's reveal. Just, let's move okay, on. Okay. I'm ready. I'm excited. This is track number one. Let's see if anyone can get it. Hint number one. It's got to be like Turbo Graphics. Hmm. It does sound like it. Turbo Graphics Game or Genesis? Ground. I don't know. Guys, do you mm. want to hear that again, or do you want to move on to hint two? What What are we thinking? It's a low sample rate because you can hear that alias sing. Um, yeah, one more time. Sounds like Turbo okay, Graphics we're gonna play thing. hint number one again. Oh, oh, um, bang, bang, gung, 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 gung. it almost yeah. that reminded me of Blanca's theme from Street Fighter 2. Maybe it's the arcade hmm. version of Street mm. Fighter 2. Let's move on to hit number two. This is hit number right. two. Genesis. So it's, definitely it's, a FM. Sega, it's a Sega arcade yeah. game. Ah, I feel like, hmm. or it's just some sort of arcade game that uses an FM thing. Let's yeah. move Carl on. loves to choose stuff from like uh, Hitoshi <laughs> no Sakamoto. Or... Okay. Let's move on to hit number three. Oh man, what? That's like an answering. Oh, 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 I know it. I know it. It's Castlevania Bloodlines. Will got it. The Sega Genesis. So Will's obviously going to have the advantage here, guys. I mean, he does this every week. So just thanks for playing. That's like that. That you played the harmony track of the melody. Here's the reveal. I love this one. Stage one. Composer Will, I always well, like I know the song. bonus points. Yeah, uh, Mature Yamane. Okay, all right, all right. Let's move on, guys. Yeah. Good job, Will. What, what's the, is that track called Bloodlines? Stage one. It's stage one okay. from Bloodlines. All okay. right, let's move on to Sorry, track guys. number two, hint number one. So, NES. That's <laughs> quite a sustained note. Or I guess it, it's possible. I'd be amazed if one of you could get that. But, from that. Um, <laughs> that's mm. cool. It's not a. It's cool. not a melodic line. That it is cool. <laughs> I recognize. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on to hit number two. Okay. Yeah. NES. Damn. It I'm, almost had like a Leroy Anderson sleigh ride mm. vibe. Yeah. <laughs> as long as someone gets it before the reveal, it's fine. So let's move on to hit number three. Feels like it could be a Konami thing. Um, huh. Yeah, I was thinking like I, I was know, almost like thinking a... like it could have been Mega Man Two. Mm. Will's closer. <laughs> Carlos, any any Capcom? Like Capcom, Capcom like, folks. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe wait, it's Street wait, wait, Fighter. Got it. Got it. Got it. 
Carlos, we don't hold on in this Carlos, game. could it be Street Fighter there's 2010? No, there's no, 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 but I think you're, you're close, though. I think it's like Bionic Commando. Boom, boom, oh, boom. There goes Commando. the dynamite. Carlos yes. wins. Here's the hey, reveal. Give me that. Good job, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love Bionic that. Commando. You got the composer, though, Will. It is Junko Tamiya. Good job, guys. You take So yeah, what we yeah, were yeah, hearing there is because uh, they're doing like a delay sort of thing with yes. the square. Yes. That's uh-huh. why we heard like a fragment of the melody exactly. in one of those channels. All right, oh, guys. Let's awesome. move on. You, everybody having fun? Yeah, I'm glad I got one. <laughs> All right. We didn't hear I mean, the Brian and I are like, not going to get any of these. I think it's mostly between Carlos and and yeah. Will. Here. But again, guys, thanks so much for playing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, so let's move on. To to, your checks are in the mail. Let's you move promise. on to track All number right. three. Uh, this is hit number one. Super Nintendo. Yeah. I'm going to guess Pilot Wings oh. or SimCity. Come on. Yeah, come on. I wanted Pilot Wings here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, all right. Well, is there? I mean, is it, I couldn't. I don't know if those were guesses. Okay. I mean, that kind of chirpy instrument is in so many Super Nintendo games. Yeah. Let's move Super on. Super Metroid. Let's but move that on to hit number delay, two. Makes me think Pilot Wings. I'm in a Mario Sim City. Whoa. Sim City. That's Will a gets it with oh Sim City. Sim City is my guess here. from hit one, but I didn't say it. <laughs> oh, Brian, I love you. Here's the reveal. <laughs> Uh, Megalopolis? Yeah, Megalopolis. Yeah. You, interesting. I don't know that we've talked about it on the podcast. Soya Oka wrote an entire other score for an NES version. Yeah, it was released or it was unearthed a couple years ago. And the, uh, ago. That, um, that guy, the 8-Bit Music Theory, yeah. who we met mm-hmm. at uh, VGMCon oh, last wow. year, he did this really cool video breaking down the two soundtracks and what's similar and different. That was very cool. And he did a great job sort of talking about it. it wasn't necessarily about like the same harmonic progressions. It was he was able to talk about how they were able to like convey tone. the same mood through different musical gestures. It's a really that's good so video. I definitely that's recommend awesome. you check it out. All right out. guys, y'all ready for track number four? Let's do mm-hmm. it. All right, here's hit number one. Oh, is this from Mario Land? Um, but uh, bum, bum. no, never mind. Mm-mm. Here is hit number two. <laughs> a robot speaking in Morse code. <laughs> so we've got this. Yeah, kind of I think it's something's about to drop. That's about all. <laughs> Dude, you should do one from like one of our bad music episodes. Oh, like, you told Terminator me that before. I want to do that one day. No, Carl, can you say that fragment that we just heard? Does that happen at the start of the track? I can't say that. Okay. Uh, hit number three. So it's more of that delay. Sounds like or, or like NES harmonize the melody than to some kind of arpeggio. All right, hit number four. Final hint, guys. Hmm. Oh, we're getting kind um, of medieval. Oh, I, Carlos, is this I like think Gargoyles we'll Quest? Yay, that's the yes. diamond right there. Here's wow. The oh, Holy man. cow. Now, Carlos, Ooh, why? Tell, tell our wonderful listeners, why did I pick this track from this composer? What's are exciting you, What's exciting it, about this composer? I think we're going to see her very soon. Yeah, are you t- mentioning Harumi Fujita here? I am. She's going to be am. at MAGFest. She was one of the composers of Gargoyles Quest. Yeah, it's gonna awesome. be at Fest. That's why I did that. I thought you might get that, Carlos. So good job. All right, yes. guys. Last one here. You're all, y'all ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Last tune. Hit number one. I feel like it's between Carlos and I. Oh. It's 
some Super Nintendo thing. I mean, yeah. it's got to be SNES. It sounds like something that might be. But you said this is one channel, Carl, or is it one channel samples? It's only one channel. One channel. I don't know. I think. Marty, what were you gonna say? I don't know that it's SNES. Well. You would because assume if it was SNES, it good, I would feel like it's two guys, channels Marty, passing Marty is around. a good person to have on your team. Go with his <laughs> it, thinking here. Could okay. it be like a Game Boy Advance or a DS? All right, here we go. Hint number two. Oh. oh. Yeah, definitely not SNES. Hmm. It sounds like Grant, something Grant Kirk called the world right. like the opening oh, to dang. Final da, Fantasy. Da, 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 that that da, intro. Da, 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 yeah. That Some of our listeners are screaming. Yeah. Is it an right intro? Oh my gosh, it seems like it's an intro okay. song. Hit number is it three. Paper Mario? Hit number three. No. Oh, it, is it a Final Fantasy thing? It sounds like PlayStation, maybe. Is this N64? That has an SNES like verb, but it, yeah, yeah, I think it reminds it's got me of Carlos, what did you say? This is FF7. This is Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. It's Final Fantasy 7. That's yeah. a good uh, way to so hilarious. Here's the reveal, guys. Play a really famous track. Oh, I yeah. thought it was so funny. Holding my thoughts in my heart, I thought it was so funny because we like never play Final Fantasy VII <laughs> yeah, music on the podcast. To show up here. So it's so unfair to do it, but it's super famous. Wow. I know all of you guys know the well, music. Well, I think that means Carlos wins. Carlos, Carlos got three of them. Destroyed oh, that I one. Like I came in second place. I, I want to be like the final boss in games like this, but I'm also really good at choking. So I was like putting a lot of pressure on myself. <laughs> no, dude, it was beautiful. Oh. That oh, was dude. really oh. not surprising, but and, super impressive. And I have to ask Thanks. Brian and Steven, you guys are still having fun, right? Dude, <laughs> I guess that that was from a Final Fantasy game. I'm on top of the world. Oh, that yeah, was man. really impressive. I'm I guess the console, everybody. right? I was thinking it was Final Fantasy to be, and, and I got to give Marty some kudos. If Marty never would have said, I don't know if it's SNES, you guys, I don't know if you ever would have been on track. Oh, so. I, they would have We would have once we heard the strings clue. weren't as compressed. <laughs> it All got right, clearer, well, yeah. Well, let's now finish up our special tunes. Brian, do you want to introduce your special tune you brought in? Sure, yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, it's a pretty broad thing to be like, bring any video game song you want. Um, but I realized mm -hmm. what we were celebrating was the 400th episode, so I wanted to bring a song that you guys wrote um, for mine. You guys and are I so sweet. With... You're so nice. I, I'm, I've always, <laughs> I nice. joke with you, but I'm, like, suspicious. I'm like, <laughs> so where's the dark with, side with these guys? They're too sweet. probably my favorite that you guys have written, or at least to me, which just embodies your music. And I also That's think awesome. if you guys ever did get a theme song, this is what you should choose. So I'm gonna just let have the song reveal uh, be revealed when y'all play it. So go ahead and let's uh, <laughs> let's listen to my song. Okay. <laughs> oh wow. heck yeah! <laughs> this this was my guess. It's just a perfect melody. It's so phenomenal. Oh, this is Jump that's, On In, obviously. That's super, that's super Composed by Marty. Sweet, Marty is incredibly humble and as well as being incredibly talented. So <laughs> You he's know, Brian, I'm so glad you brought side, this in because but, this yeah. immediately, I don't know if it's that I'm looking at Marty right now, but it mm -hmm. immediately brings yeah. back the memories of this album. Um, this was back when we had a really unintuitive and difficult process of making SNES music that took a long time. And I remember yeah. when I was working on the sequencing of this song, Marty gave me midi stems of all the information and i started off just with temp instruments uh -huh. and i would build i would render each instrument at a time right and mm -hmm. i started off with like the bass and then the drums and, and as it was building it was like this is something this is something <laughs> real and breathing and then all of a sudden yeah. once the last instrument was rendered it was like oh now this is just magic right it went from this actual like piece of like 
difficult work to then right. just this ma- and when I listen to this yeah. now I it's just yeah, yeah it was I mean, al- I, hasn't this always existed it's so what's cool about this process is I remember Marty shared with me and I don't know that I've ever told you this Carl because we were all supposed to reveal our tracks to each other that mm. we all, each went away to try to write an overworld and you theme, broke and the we were rules choose the best guys? Marty showed me an early version of this and it was different it went I do remember you telling bum, me that bum, 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 ba, dum, bum. too many and it was like a little bit but it was great and i remember yeah. when marty came with this one i was like wow that's how you really improve on a melody <laughs> it's like you can you don't it. add you take away you subtract yeah. but it's you so much catchier better i mean with it's the just quarter notes yeah i think about this yeah, track all the time when i when I was working on the overworld for Hero of Legend, this was my main influence because mm. I'm like, oh, Marty made great. something more hmm. pure and more simple than Koji's right. theme even. So it's like, yeah, if, I wanna do, if I want to like, do a oh, Zelda start, theme, I want to do something the Mario that's world fewer theme, notes. And then I start humming this and I'm like, wait, that's not yeah. the right song. Wait, what, what happened? <laughs> right. Oh, that's crazy. Well, let's that's move crazy, on to man. Will. Will, what is your special tune that you brought in? Well, so mine, this is possibly a choice that I would... I wouldn't argue with someone if they chose this for track of the decade. I'm going to play uh, a track from Gravity Rush. Yeah. Composed, oh, nice. so good. Uh, within the last 10 years. Yeah. I think I might change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, uh, as you could probably guess, Resistance and Extermination from Gravity Rush. Uh, Kohei Tanaka for the win. This is one of my favorite tracks. And this probably should take the cake of the best track we've ever played on a, um, what do you call them? A Mercado uh, Radio. A Mercado Radio. Uh, <laughs> I that's first where we played first it. played I it I found it and I had no no idea what the game was. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll check out the soundtrack. And oh, my God. I, and yeah, I Let's listen to uh, Resistance and Extermination from Gravity Rush. I have one great memory of this. Uh, my old roommate that I used to live with, I used to live with these two brothers, Zach and Aiden. Aiden is a very talented videographer who has shot all of our Mercado Bros videos. Shout out to Aiden. Um, Zach, his brother, was a great pianist. He loved this track. I showed it to him. He was obsessed with it. He learned it on the piano, and I would wake up in the mornings and just hear it being played in a beautiful, like, jazzy way with all these ornamentations and improvisations. Uh-huh. Imagine oh, hearing, man, waking heaven. up and hearing, ex- you know, resistance and extermination. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Filled the house with wonder. With joy. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, it's crazy to me. In my opinion, this is like leagues better than anything else in the soundtrack. And it's maybe one of my favorite video game orchestral pieces. I mean, it, I, to me, what I was everything. so struck yeah. with was how much it reminded me of Super Mario Galaxy. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we said that on the that's episode. why I love it so much. But it, were it in the Galaxy games, it would be one of the best tracks. It's so good. But well, still probably not the best. This leads us to the last secret song of the day. Marty, what did you bring in? Oh, interesting. Um, so it's you funny. I tried, not, in again? I tried not to, <laughs> to think too much about my choice and just went with the first instinct for how I kind of responded to your prompt, Carl. I love it. Um, and it's funny. I guess... This piece, and it was sort of a discovery for me, I maybe didn't fully realize how much it meant to me until just just this week, oh, kind wow. of putting it together. I mean, it's something that I've always loved. 
but mm-hmm. I kind of think it might be at the heart of my love hmm. for video game music. Oh, in some that's way. amazing. So this is actually the, uh, speaking of special track, this is the special stage from Sonic the Hedgehog one. by oh, Masato Sonic oh. nice. And, um, there's, this is, uh, definitely a case where it comes from a game that I played a lot. This was probably <laughs> the first game that, I really logged a significant amount of hours playing growing oh, up. Oh yeah, um, the Genesis was the first console you and we me ended both up having it in, in the house. I and, logged a lot of hours yeah. watching you, and then <laughs> finally passing the torch and getting to play. And, as well. and there's something about I I love how these special stages are implemented in the game and the design of the stages and how they connect with the character of Sonic and the spinning of Sonic. Let's um, hear this. But yeah, Let's this this is just this beautiful waltz by one of our favorite video game composers who really only the has master. these two major mm-hmm. <laughs> major works then he in dropped the tradition. The um yep. but yeah, this this is uh very near and dear to my heart. So we, we, okay, listeners, you are hearing the correct track. We might be hearing something different here, but let's all just imagine the beauty of Masato Nakamura's special stage. Uh, That's not what we just heard, but yeah. <laughs> I That's always what you am. guys are hearing. Uh, yeah, why don't we do this? Let's, let's reenact it. Maybe how, Marty, how does it go? How does the, how does the special stage go? There we go. I'm already getting dizzy. <laughs> yeah. well, I just talking about song. that melody. One of the things I love so much about it, it it's it's kind of like um, Vince Guaraldi's "Christmas Time Is Here." Is that it's a, such a pure diatonic melody, but mm. it doesn't always land on a note that's like a resolution to a chord tone. Sometimes it lands on <laughs> yeah. like a dissonant note that makes it's, it sort it's of a, major a little dissonant. Yeah, ninth. It's so mm-hmm. beautiful though. It's and very it's so spacey. Well, in the direction of the bass movement, which is like a classic video game movement that you guys have talked about a lot is so strong and then the direction of the melody is so strong and then it has yeah. the most ears able to elemental your ear is able to follow it through well, all and then those that, distances it's so pure and elemental guys marty totally pranked us the track that that <laughs> this mp3 here is uh <laughs> the sky from mario 3 it's a mario track yeah mm-hmm. and like all of our special stage from all mario. of our brains literally fell yeah. out of our heads and yeah. we all had heart attacks yes. i thought i knew what sonic music was but i guess so not. carl i was like i, I really must have more like mario the, than i remembered because it wasn't the file name that i sent you didn't it have it was um it said marty's i think special it said special or something it said special that, sonic <laughs> special stage so that's what i pulled for, the, so ver- the very first thing i thought of was is this, is this the master system version yeah. <laughs> oh guys yeah we're totally talking <laughs> about the amazing. master system <laughs> i really so adore really to to i really sonic. adore the sky map from mario 3 yeah. as well um well yeah. But well, guys, we're getting. I've never close. been disappointed to hear Koji Kondo. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done to me, Marty? <laughs> we're getting close to the end. Before we, we wrap up with something very nostalgic, um, one thing that has been a kind of a tradition with these 100 episodes is I like to find a fun, unique remix to kind of share with the bros and now with the other mm-hmm. bros. Um, 
something that embodies the podcast, this one's really special because one thing that we've talked about over the years of doing this podcast is how special and consistent and cohesive the Kirby series is musically. Mm. Yeah. There's something so yeah. beautiful yeah, about absolutely. that series because from the very first game to the most recent game, it it's just has the same life to it. That's true. And I thought this remix captured that perfectly. This is actually a remix from Kirby Planet Robobot in its patched ah. planes, but it's an 8-bit remix. Um, so mm. let's take a listen to this 8-bit remix of Patched Planes, which makes it sound like a classic 8-bit Kirby theme, which is very beautiful. Here we go. Isn't that just the best? So, so we got to give credit terrific. here. This is from Remixer that I found on YouTube. Bulby, B-U-L-B-Y. Bulby, this is his wow, Patch Planes work, 8 bit remix actually from planet robobot which is a game speaking of also that came out in this decade yeah um, definitely and that so melody, i thought yeah, da, this da, was da, so da, fitting da, da, because da, 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 doesn't this it is also messes with my brain kind of like marty's trolling us like it, it, it it's like <laughs> it was wait, totally no, inadvertent this guys, is just so this know. is from kirby's like adventure right this is from like kirby's dream land right <laughs> it's not yeah. Yeah, oh, this is so classic. And I still love I you, loved Marty. that episode that we did. That was really fun. Oh, that, um, that this score is Robobot. so good. This is one of my favorite scores in the series, yeah. which is saying something. And it, it just it's amazing to me the cohesiveness of that soundtrack. It's something that we talked about on that episode, but not just in terms of style, but of quality too. Mm. It's really that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like my favorite series of m- games and music, probably Mario and Zelda. Um, but yeah, you know, there's always a couple rockier entries, or there's like there's that one odd game that maybe didn't have the best score. There's but Kirby is just like so f- straight. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have my absolute favorite pieces of video I game music, you. but it's amazing and it's always been amazing and consistent. Mm-hmm. It keeps and, giving like, you the if same. If you're thing a Kirby that you really fan, like. if that's your thing, man, I'm so like jealous of you because you've yes, got your kind of the life. best. And you deal. can't yeah. understate the importance of specific people and voices and composers that you know like we were just talking about this the other night at star wars with john williams like if someone else comes in it's just gonna be different and these two composers have been there from the beginning and just so good yeah yeah well guys i kind of have um like when you have a musician you know they're releasing an album that's how i really do feel about kirby games Yeah. yeah i just can't wait to see what the next step is and right it's like a new paul mccartney album or something Hmm. Yeah, for for so many games, it's it's they've had such tight control because it's like been a pool of maybe like three or four composers, core composers right. for the series that they've crafted yeah. this sound over so many years. It's no, it's was that Hirokazu Ando? Both of them, Hirokazu Ando and Jun Ishikawa. Yeah, man, did that do. score together. So, job. guys, I yeah. just had an idea. We were gonna basically end the episode with this, but I think we should literally end the episode with this. I think we should play out with this very nostalgic trip. Uh, it'll be the last thing you guys hear. Will, as everybody knows at this point, every century of every episode century, Will puts <laughs> together a scrubbing down memory lane. Yeah, I just this time was a little this. different. So the origins of this for our hundredth episode, I wanted to put together a montage of some of my favorite moments from our first hundred episodes, and 
just going through every episode and every cool thing it took so long to do mm-hmm. and so to do it i turned the rate wheel up on reaper so i could listen to things faster but it made our voices high pitched like chipmunks what but a then i so accident. fell in love with that sound and it just it made it so much funnier and more charming mm-hmm. and it also was able better. to condense more stuff it just makes the podcast uh, better yeah so then I, that's been a tradition <laughs> this year for the 400th episode cuz who knows you know this might be the last time we get to a, a hundred benchmarker can't um, take them for granted that's for sure i wanted to do something that could encapsulate our entirety of our podcast yeah. so for mm-hmm. this one I, I called it scrubbing down interview lane and i kept I it that. just to all of the interviews that we've done with um composers and over that's the years. a lot and i'm yeah. so that's cool. one facet that I might be the most proud of of this podcast is all the interviews we've done. Every single one is success. Every single one feeling great coming off of it. I thought of something. I I do want to somehow like release the other scrubbing down memory lanes like on YouTube or something. Yeah, let's do that. And push those out so people can listen to those because there's so many nice things like our first episode with the Kellys. um, Yeah, we'll put those out. The first time Carlos, like all that stuff is um, encapsulated (laughs) in those earlier ones. Yeah, yeah, this this is a great way to send everyone on their way we just before we end this episode with the scrubbing down interview lane we want to thank all of our wonderful listeners for their support over the years whether you you used to listen whether you just started listening whether you used to listen and are still listening it really means the world it's honestly the reason why we're still doing it we said it earlier in the episode but if we didn't feel the sense of engagement and energy transfer back and forth from you guys we we wouldn't keep doing it. And, and you've it's been, been there such a for blast. us for all the original music and different projects that we've done. I mean, it's such a blessing to know that, you know, when I mean, when I was in high school working on stuff, uh, we didn't have the same kind of community. And I remember mm-hmm. I would work on things and sometimes feel like, <laughs> oh, no one's going to listen to this or nobody's going to care. Yeah, right. And it's great knowing now that it's like with anything I do, at least this handful of people will listen or there'll be some people from, you know, our discord that might be, it's nice to have kind of, like and also a you guys have been there fam. through different times in our life. You know, anything that happens, we always mention, Oh, Carl just got married or, you know, this person, you know, moved. Yeah, you guys or... were there for my first three marriages, which was <laughs> crazy. I'm hoping this fourth one's going to stick. But... Well, it's guys, a marriage gonna... per decade. <laughs> We're going to send you on your way with the Scrubbing Down interview lane. We also have to give a big thank you to our beautiful, lovely guests. Thank you so much, Carlos, Stephen, and Brian. Did you guys have fun today? Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course, dude. Thank you for including us. You guys are amazing. I can't wait to see you at MAGFest. This is going to be a great year. Yeah, not long now. It's going to be a super exciting year, guys. We're playing at MAGFest, the Belvedere Lobby Bar, Saturday evening. heard about that. And we are also doing a panel uh, later on Saturday night. And so we cannot wait to hang out with everybody there at MAGFest. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Does anybody else have any parting words? Uh, Shout out to the Discord peeps. Yeah, what up, up, fam? Speaking of that, you guys mentioned Patchpin earlier. He's a listener of the Overclocked podcast as well and is Mm -hmm. now with a few other community members running that show. So he's Very cool. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a fantastic job. So uh, the Overclock podcast does live on. Very nice. Marty, you wanted to say something? Oh, just I, I wanted to apologize for the, the technical mishap. I, th- I think oh, I just realized. No I'm sure it won't be the only one. Only, honestly, if it makes you feel better, only us six noticed it. The rest of our lovely listeners heard exactly <laughs> okay. what they should have heard. Well, that's true. Well, in, 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 so in that case, I, I apologize for confusing you. 
Well, guys, oh, we're going to now send you on your way with Will's uh, little montage he made up. This is Scrubbing Down Interview Lane. We love you guys. Peace out. All right, the wait is finally over. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our exclusive interview with the man behind the music, Mr. Grant Kirkhope, Tommy Tallarico, Matt Furness, the legendary David Wise, Yosuke Yasui, acclaimed video game composer Gary Scheiman. Wait for it, wait for it, Takashi Tatishi. We're so excited to welcome back Mr. Peter McConnell. Peter, thanks again for joining us once again. Interesting choice to use the music of the Gone Jackals in full throttle. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about your time with that game? At some point, I got a call from Keith, and I don't know how he had heard about it, but he's like, hey, you know, I hear you, I hear you guys are looking for a band, and you know, my band plays, we're like a heavy band. And they're like, cool, you know, come on over. Well, it kind of helped. He came over with the tape on a bike. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> right, right. And he's, you know, he's kind of a wiry little guy, but he's super tough. And he's coming, and he comes up on the bike, hands me the tape, you know, drives off. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll be listening to this tonight. <laughs> so. Is it Legacy? The yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's <laughs> yeah, I went to oh, that's just righteous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think what people really loved about Bastion, and definitely uh, with Transistor as well, is the fusion of different genres coming together. What I wanted to do with Bastion, that Frontiersy thing, kind of made it pretty easy to, to decide which direction I wanted to go. You know, mm-hmm. that I could stick a pin on, on the board and sort of make everything revolve around that. I dig my home, you build a wall. Around the time I was like 11 or 12, I started learning to play guitar and then really got into music after that. I hope uh, that's my son, by the way, <laughs> making those baby sounds. I hope you don't mind. No worries. Oh, no, I think he wants us to interview him also. He does. Shout yeah. out to Corby Jr. over there. Yes. <laughs> We're very excited to be joined by Chris Hulsbeck. Chris, uh, let me just be the first to say, Willkommen und vielen Dank für dieses Gespräch. <laughs> oh, so nice. Good German. The streak continues. Every single guest, we have to talk about John Williams. I love John Williams. I think... Uh, in terms of film composers, he has the top spot, no question. There's definitely a certain amount of Williams in that queue. You know, and there's John Williams, who is a phenomena and one of the great composers in the last hundred years. That is John Williams, really one of the finest composers yeah. in the 20th century. But it's funny, when you say John Williams, that's such a diverse thing. It's like, well, what kind of John Williams are you talking about? Um, Anything is good. Take your pick. <laughs> yeah. We were so fortunate to interview exclusively Manami Matsumai, the legendary video game composer. <laughs> What advice would you give to an aspiring video game composer today? You wouldn't believe how often people ask me that. The thing is though, I'm really not in a position to be giving out advice. You have to listen to as much music as possible. In Japanese, you use the saying, store as much as possible in your drawers. You have to make it a part of you. I think that's the most important thing. That way songs and pieces will come naturally. Everyone's just hanging around and having conversations, and we look over there, and you guys are talking <laughs> to Dave Wise. Just hanging out with Dave, and they start to play a Donkey Kong Country medley, and we're watching it with Dave Wise. <laughs> we got to sit down and have a drink with Dave. Yeah, I bought him a scotch whiskey, so that was completely <laughs> surreal. And that was, that was just great. like it always is, that been my the favorite. conversation's always the best when the tapes aren't rolling. I can't think of another composer who combines all those elements so beautifully. It's very kind of you to say, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, let the let the record show. Dave just gave two enthusiastic thumbs up. <laughs> Did you ever get to meet Koji Kondo or some of the composers of that music? Yes, um, I worked with uh, Koji Kondo directly. He gave me notes on all my arrangements and, and fixes oh and everything. God. And we went to Japan to do our first show, and we went out for a uh, beer and Thai food together. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's talk with Grant Kirkle for a little bit. Oh yeah, I think I see him. Yeah, Grant, come here, sit down. <laughs> I remember Nabnot's tunes. I remember right at the end of the game, so I wanted you for the squirrel. And I wrote it in like two minutes flat. You see, I just we are very excited to be joined today by the Cuphead composer Christopher Madigan. One of the big challenges I think on this whole project was like you're trying to do something creative 
and sort of individual in a sense, but you're working with a, within a style which is already going to be highly derivative. Right. So it's like, how do you how do you balance your trying to write something original? We are very excited to be joined today by legendary video game composer and all-around media guru, Tim Fallon. Tim, thanks so much for joining us today. It's lovely to be here. It's always been about atmosphere, to be honest. A piece of music would have a definite physical place. It was almost kind of like I was listening to a, another dimension. <laughs> I mean, so, to me, it was kind of like, this is a place that exists, you know? I certainly listening to it, like, yes. I remember li- yeah. getting into that and thinking, this is like, I want to go and visit this place. Early on, I was, when I first started programming the Spectrum, I remember but the music was just a list of numbers, so it was actually frequency and duration pairs. That's all it was. Hmm. Um, and I had to remember the frequencies as well. So it was kind of, wow. you know, it was kind of a liberating system because it was purely chromatic and you didn't think at all in terms of key. I have a very candid question, and I really hope this won't be <laughs> insulting to you, but how much money would it take to get you to create an entire new album of 8-bit chiptunes? We could fund it in a day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, th- the thing is, I-, I would do it regardless anyway, to be honest. My two kids now are kind of getting into this. Um, oh my so gosh. See how it goes. I might, might end up with a sort of collaboration album or something. Oh my god, a whole other generation of Fallings. <laughs> this is insane. Oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> we realized that the popularity of Mega Man 2's music in America was something of a secret for you until recently. Yes, that is true. I really had no idea. Honestly, until recently, people didn't come up to me directly to tell me that they liked my work on Mega Man 2. So, like I said, I had no idea that it was still so popular. When I started working on Mega Man 2, I was already a huge fan of Mega Man 1. I was really happy to have the opportunity, and I had a lot of motivation to do well. Much of the music in Mega Man 2 is highly chromatic. And it uses this beautiful jazzy harmony, even with the limited channels of the Famicom. And then, and then the second one. Yeah. <laughs> For that theme, I wanted to write something light and airy. I wanted to sidetrack from the phrases that were predictable or expected once you heard a part of it or the beginning of the sequence. I wanted the player to be lifted off to an unexpected place, as if they had been floated off. Dude, this is better than what we had back then. 